1: what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the Michael cultura podcast network available on the iheart radio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts welcome to cannabis talk 101 featuring blue and joe grande the world's number one source for everything cannabis.
2: Hello and welcome to Cannabis Talk 101 with Blue and Joe Grande, the world's number one source for everything cannabis. Thank you for listening to our podcast all around the world. Make sure you check out our website, CannabisTalk101.com, as we have so many great articles and blogs on the site for you to look at. And plus, you can click the link and check out the magazine right there, as we have so many cool pictures and everything on there for you to check out if you're into that old good cannabis stuff right there. And feel free to give us a call anytime, one 800 420 1980 and check out our instagram pages at cannabis talk 101 while my brother blue is at the number one christopher wright and i am at joe grande 52 and i gotta remind you guys about elevated global supply the highest standard packaging now elevated global supply is your preferred packaging partner from design to delivery check out their website at eg On the show today, beside me right now is good old sweet Mama Sue, the executive director of Pharmacy Berkeley and the first black woman to open a dispensary In Berkeley, California, she's also widely recognized as the sweet and lovely Mother Teresa of Cannabis because of her former occupation as a Catholic school principal. Go figure that one. I can't wait to hear this one. How You go from principal to running the dispensary. San Francisco Chronicle called her a great secret weapon that she is mama sue she has the mama sue tincture products you guys so you can get her tincture products on her website she also received an advocate an advocacy award from oaksterdam university out there in oakland and former uh, appointed commissioner of aging for alameda county she went to washington dc twice for legislation of cannabis for seniors and vets and she is a part of the Lady Budds documentary and Congress Room Woman Barbara Lee's documentary. Uh, the Pharmacy Berkeley, you guys, the Pharmacy Berkeley is a unique dispensary model focused on educating senior citizens how to safely use medical cannabis to improve the quality of their life. This is a new partnership that Sue's ICANN team and Glasshouse Group, which we love Glasshouse. Those guys all over there are great. And uh, Taylor is certified in the Department of Social Services Health Educator. She's a medical profession in the state of California and she can t- you can take her cannabis education course and receive continuing education units, that's the good CEU. Sue also holds a master of education and a BA in social science from San Francisco State University. So she is a gator. I see the good old gators over there. You can check out her Instagram page at sue taylor wellness. That's S-U-E-T-A-Y-L-O-R, wellness. And you can see Mama Sue Wellness as well, or also visit her website, mamasuewellness.com, and shop for all the merch and get the, your CBD, everything out there. Without further ado, please give it up, you guys, for Mother Teresa, a.k.a. Mama Sue is in the building. <laughs> you know, there's nothing like having trailblazers like yourself in this game who have been around the block a few years. And you know, dedicate yourself to cannabis. And there's so many directions and stories that I want to get to with you know your product line here and this and that. But where does Mama Sue come from? Where does Sue Taylor resonate? Where were you born? Where were you raised? Because you were from a time you're older than me, where it wasn't so easy being black, let alone a black woman. So who were you, Miss Taylor, as as a person? Where you come from?
3: You're absolutely right. I'm from Louisiana. Ooh. I came out to uh, my family. There's 12 of us. Oh. Plus my mom and my dad. And uh, 12 siblings? I have 12. I have eight brothers. Wow. Eight brothers. Where do
2: you fall in line?
3: I'm the seventh. I'm the lucky one.
2: Lucky number seven. Can you name them all?
3: No, I'm just, <laughs>
2: <laughs> Twelve siblings. I'm like, can you name them uh, all?
3: Shoot, that got be hard. Look, when when uh, you know your mama yeah. forget everybody. Get 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 over here, you. She she calls us by different names all the time. Oh, I can imagine. How do you not? Exactly. I got three, and I go nuts. Exactly. You know, I said, "Mom, ma, I'm Sue. I'm Sue, ma. Well, just come here, you know. <laughs> and when we used to go visit my grandpa's house, her dad, it was so many of us. He used to say, Pearly, that was her name. They we're French, French Creole from descent. Okay. She used to say, uh, Pearly, uh, get a roll call book. Make sure you got them all, all the kids. Right. Every time we go visit, she had to do that <sighs> to make sure. I mean, did. how do you
2: even travel with that many folks?
3: You, you know what? Uh, good thing they didn't have seat belts in those days because we were packed. And there was always somebody else that wasn't related in the car with us.
2: So there's sixteen all together.
3: It was it was sixteen all all together. And one thing uh, though, Joe, we w- with that and coming up, we were um, we were very very poor. And the secret part of that is that we didn't know we were right because we had so much love mm-hmm. in the family. We did not know. Uh, that things could have been really better because we thought this was it.
2: This was our life. This is life.
3: It was life. And uh, on the Laura's side to growing up in the South, I was there until I was 12 and then we all moved to California. But uh, it was hard living in a, um, at that time in the South where racial racial prejudice was was strong, but strong. I went into stores with my mom where they said, go to the back door um, and water faucets that said uh, white only. We didn't have a place to drink water. It's
2: crazy that you're like, that's why I wanted to bring this up. Cause it's crazy to me that your eyes seen this. Like when I see somebody that reminds me of my aunt or somebody like this, I'm like, the shit y'all been through is just something different where it's like, for me, it makes me feel like I wanna tell my kids and everybody else, like, don't think we're that far from from what's really going down in this world, folks, because why, because we got people alive like Mama Sue right here that still lived it.
3: And look, would you believe this? You know what made my family move? My brother, my oldest brother, whistled at a white woman. They incarcerated him for 30 days. And guess what the charges were? What was it? They arrested him for reckless eyeballing.
2: Shut your mouth right now.
3: Reckless eyeballing. You you can't make that up. You 30 know 30 days for reckless eyeballing? Looking at a white woman.
2: <sighs> Boy, you know I'd be arrested plenty of time <laughs> over for that yeah. one. Yeah.
3: And so my mom said, my mom was like the matriarch of of the of the family, and she just said I have eight sons. They're all, gonna go They're all going to jail. No, no. She said we we're going to kill him. Wow, to shoot, No, no, that. no, no, no. Going to jail wasn't wasn't it? Wasn't she, the force fear? Yeah, th- yeah, yeah. Th- they would kill him. And so um, they packed us up. We came by car, by bus, by train. That's how they got us all over here. Wow. And um, where did you
2: guys first reside when you guys came to Cali?
3: san mateo california
2: wow we've had back-to-back san mateo yes. uh what was the other one where's she from B- 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 uh, belmont shores but the girl was just out she was from belmont
3: that belmont shores B- belmont
2: she's from belmont, belmont, but belmont, belmont, belmont california. About, yeah but yeah right there by belmont Shores. Yeah. it's all the same i mean you know so that's right next to san mateo as you know
3: yeah belmont mm-hmm. uh yes um that's my stomping ground cause, exactly because i graduated what... from san mateo high Oh, wow.
2: Okay. And as an
3: undergraduate, I went to um, College of San Mateo, where uh-huh. I was college queen back in the day. Oh, go ahead there. Uh, and, and guess, and I won that. But guess what we had to do in order for me to win? What? This This is what, uh, back then, they had organizations. They had the African
2: It wasn't the BSU? Union.
3: Uh, we had a BSU, BSU uh-huh. uh, but they also had African, they had Hispanics, they had all the different. The Mecha for all, the brand, yeah, all, yeah, all uh-huh. of that. So they were tired of all the white women winning. We couldn't even participate, so they pooled together all those minority organizations, pulled uh-huh. together, and they pushed one, which was me.
2: And you won. And I won. You were the first minority. Yes to win at San Mateo College. But
3: that's what we have to do in order for me to win.
2: Congratulations. You look like a little princess over there. I see the hotness. I'm like, okay, let me see that girl. (laughs) Okay, she's shaking like a salt shaker over here, Mama Sue. I see Grandma still got a little cushion in the cushion, boy. Boy, let me get over here, Connor. Don't let me hit on this little lady over here. Are you single? I don't see a ring on her finger. Are you married? No. Okay. Well, are you hanging in town for a while? No, I'm just
3: <laughs> No, you're too funny. You're too funny. You're too funny. So you come
2: down here, you go to college. Give me some more stories. Give me some more background because I want to get to at least to where we're okay. principaling. I mean, okay. that you know, I mean okay. that which is crazy. And then we'll yes. get to cannabis in the next break. But
3: Okay, I went I, yeah, I went to um Well, let me ask you this. Were you smoking already back then? No.
2: Okay, so no cannabis use then? No. Up to college, nothing yet? No. Any, was your family was, was like taboo? Was I no? It was no. taboo, right, 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 because a lot of people was taboo back then too for people. So that's why I asked that. We
3: didn't touch it because oh, yeah. because look, no, we were we in high school. They showed the film as part of history, Reef of Madness. Right, it scared us all to death. That's why seniors won't get into it to this day. That it was embedded in us. Oh yeah, all those lies, all those untruths.
2: Isn't it crazy when you think that way I, when you look, look at it?
3: And I, I mean, it ain't no different it. than Columbus, though. It's no, you got it right, brother. You got it right. There ain't no difference it's, in teaching no, me about Columbus. I mean... How can you discover America when they have a group of people already back here? Back up, and you go over there,
2: and y'all get this little tribe around here, and you get way over there. Exactly. How are you going to do that? And that's this is what they've been fucking teaching us for years. For years. For,
3: for, for years.
2: Uh, I was I, thinking about that just randomly today because somebody went on this rant about teaching about the gays this and then school that, I go, why ain't anybody bitching about Columbus? Like why why are we bitching about this now? So you're bitching about uh, letting the kid come out because he's gay, but we think that it's okay to keep teaching this history that's been fucking bogus for how many years? Exactly. But now this isn't even history, this is fact. If somebody wants to feel a certain way or, or identify a certain way, that's what's uproaring us now. Like in my head, I just literally was thinking that today as I seen somebody yeah. post, I'm like, why aren't you roaring about other things like Columbus? <laughs> the three ships that it's, came and found America, right?
3: Exactly. <laughs> well, I'm sorry
2: to go on my rant on yeah, that story. You right. know what I'm saying? Right. But I knew you'd like it. Yeah, I did. I, I did. <laughs> I, I know I, you I feel did. it because it's the same mm-hmm. concept. But back then though, you're like, right. the Reef of Madness was there and being of color, we all knew we've still then till now been mistreated no matter what. So it was like, we ain't touching that.
3: No, we didn't. We're not touching any of that. So so you go to
2: college and then you get, I go what to
3: college. Uh, I got a bunch of degrees.
2: I've seen that. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
3: I have uh, a bunch of degrees. It was a it was a good experience. And then after that, I went into teaching. You know, I was a teacher, kindergarten teacher first, and I loved it. Out just, there on the peninsula? Mm-hmm. San Mateo? Okay. Uh, no, it was in Oakland. Okay, you crossed the bridge. It was in Oakland. I was at a Catholic school. I was principal of three Catholic schools, actually. Yeah, all, were, in uh, yeah, all in Oakland? Uh, Yep, all in Oakland. I used to go
2: to Flint's in Oakland all the time. Remember Flint's Barbecue? East He's 14th. Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. Oh, I should love that place. Yes. I should come from San Jose up there and give me a whole slab and sit there a lot, with a plate of hot links. Oh.
3: A lot of people. A it lot of a people. Spot. It, 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 because it was the best barbecue. Oh, it was
2: it was bomb. It, it was such a good spot. I loved Oakland back then. Yeah. So you're you're
3: teaching for 10 plus years, I'm assuming, before you get a principal gig? Yeah, then I I get uh yeah, I get it to be a principal. And um uh I enjoyed that the ministration wasn't as fun as working with those little angels in kindergarten class because Mm, it got to be very political. And, uh, you know, I was teaching teachers rather than children and, uh, and hearing
2: them bitch to you about everything that you can not come on. And I
3: didn't like it. I didn't like it at all because there were some, not all, some of the teachers would call the kids little pills. And I said, they're not little pills. And then if they were acting up in class, they wanted to give them Ritalin, you know, that, that drug. Right. And I said, no, you change your curriculum to fit that kid. Right. You do not adjust the kid. And it was mostly for kids of color and boys.
2: Sounds about right.
3: Hispanics and, and blacks, African-Americans. They want to just pop them a pill. I said, no. And that's why this segment, and thank you for having, is plants over pills. Because I have a whole thing about my perception on... Uh, on health and um, Joe know this I'm 76 years old and I don't take a pill for anything no no most people my age are they have high blood pressure cholesterol
2: arthritis all of that.
3: I I don't have none of that
2: I mean you still look great though you're for 76 I mean uh, when you walked in I was like who's that 47 year old lady walking over there thought you were younger than me
3: I work out I, I work out
2: Water workouts or just regular workouts? Are you
3: kidding? I could outdo most people probably here. I like that. Don't don't, don't mess with me. I like that. I'm telling you, it's, um, I've I've always exercised, but what I find out as you age, you really got to do it more, um, because number one, this is what I did, Joe. When I saw how the aging population was going, I said, that's not gonna be me. And I went that way. I'm gonna do the opposite of that. I'm gonna get better. I got a a, uh, affirmation I'm gonna share with you. I say it every day. I'm getting more youthful, more vibrant, more healthier, more wealthier, more energetic, more sexier, more fun as I age. Not the other way around, the deterioration. Right. And what helps with that is the total health and well being of a person. You see.
2: I agree 1,000%.
3: You see, it, you have to. Like, I promote cannabis. And when I first got started in the cannabis industry, and, and interrupt me if I'm throwing off. No, this, you're good.
2: Me. When I, I will, but don't worry.
3: Look, what. First, I think
2: I should tell you how I got in that cannabis. Well, no, I was about to get there. Like I said, I wanted to just go down the story of first who you are. Okay. Matter of fact, let's take a break real quick. We're going to come back and find out how Mama Sue actually got into cannabis because she didn't do it in college. I'm going to assume you weren't doing it when you were teaching. I'm going to roll my dice and assume you weren't doing it when you were a principal. Correct? Maybe uh, not. We'll find out when we come back. It's Cannabis Talk 101. Mama Sue's in the building, baby.
1: Woo-hoo! Woohoo! Subscribe to our weekly newsletter on our website, CannabisTalk101.com.
3: Welcome back to Cannabis Talk 101.
2: Lalo, folks, just hit it and check it out. Check them out on Instagram at Club Lalo or online at ClubLo.com. I'm sitting here with the beautiful young 76 Sue Taylor, aka Mama Sue Ambassador over there at Glasshouse Brand as well. We've been hearing the history of your life a little bit. And now we're to the point where how does this lady find cannabis? who grew up in a family that it was taboo, it was no, 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 You the propaganda probably got everybody in your head spooked, especially the movies that they showed us early on with the Reefer Madness. Where is the turning point for you, Mama Sue? How did God come into your life like this?
3: God is already, always in my life. Right. I just put it in action, but if someone had told me I would be an advocate for cannabis 17 years ago, I'd say, Oh, baby, you've been smoking too much. Because I never would have chosen it, Joe. It chose me. It Elaborate chose me. on that. Um, my son called me. He was going to Amsterdam studying about cannabis oh, okay. on okay. a business venture. I thought he was hooked on drugs like cocaine. That's how I thought cannabis was. And uh, so many
2: people think, you know, he had such a good, like, I, I can see how people think that way.
3: We, we did.
2: Yeah, a lot of people did.
3: We, we, it's we, damn
2: near heroin. I mean, for God's sakes, right? Uh,
3: trust me. I know a lot of people that still do. Yeah. That that still thinks that. It's dope. It's all dope. Yeah. And, and so look, uh, when he said, um, so he called me one day, I was living in uh, Atlanta and he said, Ma, I know how you can get that spiritual center that you've always wanted. You know, all that Reiki stuff, that yoga, that meditation, or the acupuncture, chiropractic, all that. I said, really, how? He said, it would be funded by a, um, a cannabis dispensary. I said, cannabis dispensary? You talking about that marijuana stuff? He said, yes, Ma. I've been going to school. I'm learning it's a healing medicine. It's a healing medicine. I said, "Boy, are you crazy." I did. I said, <laughs> where I are you learning this kind of thing? Where are you? I I sent him to college. Oh, good. And I said, "Where are you getting this? I've been going to school." I said, "Okay." He said, um, and back then it was it was non-profit. So the money that you made in the cannabis, you you I could hire uh, acupuncturists, I could hire people to do meditation. All of those well-being to to live a life like like I'm living all, all of that wellness without popping pills uh-huh. okay and so he said it would be funded that's how we would pay the people and they would come by this cannabis so but what stuck in my head was marijuana you know and so I said okay send me the information that they're sending you that they that you that got you but that made you believe this exactly because this Make me believe. Never was in trouble. Never did any kind of drugs, to my knowledge. Uh, you know, so it was a puzzle to me. And so like, I Why my boy doing this? Exactly. Look, this, this is what I thought. I said, okay, send me this stuff, the information, so I could, I could look at it. This is the honest God. To I, I put the phone down. I said, okay, God. I sent this boy to Catholic school all his life. He went to college. Now he would tell me he want to sell weed. Where did I go wrong? Mm. Within two days, Joe, I packed up everything I had, not everything I had, two suitcases. I said, I'm going to save this boy from drugs. I haven't lost him drugs in all these years and I'm darn sure not going to- I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. You doggone right, I was going to try everything, right? And so I packed my bags, left my place, my beautiful place in Atlanta, Georgia, in Buckhead of all places. Flew home, and uh, I said, okay. So he and and Kishwa, uh, his wife, you know, they was telling me about the, the plant. Uh, this is how we can do it. And so I was thinking spiritual center in my head. The cannabis stuff didn't really, I didn't know anything about it, you know. I, I had no experience with with cannabis. And so, It went on, you know. He made when my son he was growing because in back then you could have ninety nine plants if you a patient. Ninety nine plants you could grow, so he had a grow with ninety nine plants that that was legal because it was um, it was uh, one of
2: the props, whatever, for the legal for medical reasons and all. For for medical, yeah, for for medical, and so six now for recreational in California
3: six yes they, they they cut it down
2: well that's for recreational everybody could have six plants oh okay. I don't know what it is for medical but okay could- then
3: then um he started my son gave us some tapes to look at you know he had us like in school learning about the cannabis about how you grow it and he was very meticulous about it his name is Jamal we had to shower and put on white coats when we went to his to his place where he was growing the plants. He was that meticulous about it, and so so I just just trying to ingest this, you know, trying to see
2: what is he how, thinking what and the doing.
3: Heck is right. I said, you know, so anyway, come to find out, he wasn't even smoking weed at that time, but that was the the gist of it, and the challenges that we faced in trying to get a perm, a legal permit to do, we, they wouldn't rent to us cause we were black yeah. and they figured we might've been cause it was big when they say uh, warehouse and all that they, they wouldn't rent to them. They, they wouldn't. And so it became very challenging. People took our money because you couldn't go to the police. Right. You, you couldn't. What'd you rent? You didn't rent it. Yeah, here? we give people people money to to partner with to do things. None. Uh, it, it went out. Went out. It was just phone disconnected. Everything. Yeah. It, can't it call was. Them. Uh, they had uh, a lot of people in it for the wrong reasons. You see, and we received in getting going to get the permit. It was challenging for us because. Everybody was saying we just throw up, you know. Just we 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 threw up our our uh, cannabis dispensary, uh, and we open. We're making lots of money. I said yes, but the rules just aren't aren't the same for us. We're people of color. I said they would they wouldn't they wouldn't do much with me, but they would lock my black son and my black daughter in law up. You know, you could do that because you're white. We're not white. We would got incarcerated like that. Yep. And I, I know, you know, because I know I, I have the experience of the South of how, how we were treat it.
2: And ain't nothing really changed. I mean, just look at the stats and facts, folks, still till this day. I it, mean, it's 2023 exactly. and the numbers don't lie. We can think of theories, but the numbers don't lie for the average black male and Latino male that's being arrested for cannabis compared to the whites and anybody else. the exactly. numbers are double, if not triple.
3: Ex- exactly, you know what they would do? uh when the, when they would go close the the white shops they'd get a slap on the hand, they'd take the weed and then the 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 company would just go open up in the next city what they did if if they were black they got incarcerated for mm-hmm. thirty and forty and fifty years um like they had committed a um a major crime yeah so it was uh so i think as a matter of fact I know why I was so successful in it. It's because in the in the movement, and I've been in it for 17 years and I've really learned when I first got in the cannabis, I was scared to death, even though I was promoting it. I was scared to death of it in the back of my head. Um, I could remember going into Santa Clara to the Commission on Aging because I was commissioner. Right. And uh, I, I went in to talk about cannabis to bring them to Harborside at the time, Mm. because they were guiding us through the process of getting a cannabis. Harborside's like
2: one of the biggest in Oakland, let alone one of the biggest in California, it's good.
3: (laughs) They're my mentors. Those are the people I I was mentored by, the D'Angelo's, Don Duncan, Derry Goldsberry, um, just all the, uh, Eric Peterson, all those people way back when that set the, the stage for all of us now to be with ease and grace in the cannabis uh, industry. So I feel honored to be a part of that, of that era, that
2: whole movement, that
3: whole movement. But nevertheless, I was at at the, um, I was at the um, commission on aging to talk about cannabis so I could talk to the seniors. Right. I'll do a presentation to the council. And I was scared to death because I didn't believe it. Then I'm telling you, I was frightened. And so I said, Oh Lord, I said, look at all these white people in here. I said, they're going to think I'm a druggie uh, from Oakland selling drugs. I said, why did I let these kids get me into this? I'm saying this in my head, right? I said, I should just pack up my little bag and go home. And then something inside of me said, Sue, you said you're going to make this world a better place because you lived, And you were going to do whatever it takes to do that. And by that time, it was my turn. And I stood up. And I say, hello, my name is Sue Taylor, and I work with seniors and medical cannabis. And I, people, I was received so well, I was shocked. They asked me to come back the next month and do a whole presentation. And I brought James Anthony, the lawyer, and the doctor with me. Wow. And that's what you have to do if you want to be reputable. And one of the reasons why I know I was so successful in the industry, number one, Joe, is because I genuinely cared. I don't have to know you. I don't care who you are. Being in pain, living in misery, waiting to die is no way for anyone to live, and that's where this country is going to, because the pharmaceutical approach to managing health is not working, because of all the side effects.
2: Right. This it's- pill, that pill, this, and that's your kidney, your liver, your ulcers, your gallbladder. Oh you're God. not pooping. You're not. You're. you're- Whole colon's messed up now. Like all it's just so, so many things happen from was, all the different f- things.
3: F- from all those different things. And see, one of the key factors in that is that people my age, we follow the rules and the law. If a doctor says, it's like God came down himself and said,
2: Take this pill, it's yes, what you need.
3: Exactly. The doctor says, and no, I have no medical uh, background at all. You know, I'm a Catholic school principal uh, and all that stuff, educated do all kinds of things. But I'm not a medical doctor, so I want to make the whole audience know that. But I have lived these 76 uh, years and have a lot of wisdom about how life works. And so when I began to see uh, working at Harborside, anyway, I worked at Harborside first for five years.
2: As a butt tender? No.
3: Stephen says, Sue, I want you to come and lead our um, seniors need our help in cannabis. And I want you to lead that program. That was all he told me. So I said having
2: a curriculum background, like I'll whip something together. Okay,
3: I did. So you know what I did? I figured it out. I said, okay, I'm gonna go with all the seniors, uh, uh, health care providers go monthly there's, there's a place in every city where everybody who is uh administrator or a director or nurses of, uh, senior care facilities they have a general meeting once a month where they collaborate. Okay. And so I went there, and there's a portion where you stand up and say who you are, and so I would go there, talk, have a have a, a board. I want you to come and visit the, my cannabis dispensary, Harborside. Sign up. People began to sign up. I got as many as 30, 40, and 50 people coming in, and the bud tenders would do the talking about the different products. They would give the intro because I wasn't. I wasn't educated on it. I was new. And so what changed my mind about cannabis was year after year, all the people I saw getting healed from the cannabis, Miss Sue, Miss Sue, I don't have my uh, walking stick anymore. Uh, Adult children of aging parents to say, we can't find my mom. We found her wheelchair, but we don't know where she is. Whoa! Stories like that. It was nothing I read that, that Jamal had sent to me, or Kiki had given me, it was real like, anecdotal
2: like, evidence right in front of you. you're hearing from the mouth.
3: I saw it, I saw it in action, and so I said, "Huh, this is something." Even though I was still scared of it, because look, I remember I was at a city council meeting, and I did my own marketing. I figured it out. I, I was I was up against a uh, a lot of big time players in the cannabis industry, a lot of them. And there was one, I forgot the name, of. I think it was a Sebastian Poole. He said, Mama Sue, you running for this? You going for this permit? I said, yes, in Berkeley. I was going for the permit. I said, yes. He said, I'm going to back out because you deserve it. You know, and the other heavy hitters, they stayed in, but, and they paid all kinds of money to people to lobby the city council, and I did it myself. And you know how I did it? I was a commissioner on aging, right? I'm a former Catholic school principal. I would call the, uh, the mayor and the city council, the, the gatekeepers, right? And he said, what do you want to see the mayor for? What do you want to see um, uh, uh, Councilman Barry for? And I said, I want to talk to him about seniors. I'm a commissioner on aging. And that's how I got in the door. If I'd have said cannabis, think right. back 17 years ago. Oh, yeah. No. Hung up. Sorry, lady. Yes. So that got me in the door. Always find a way. Find another way to get what you want done. Right. If you have a kindred spirit, nothing to stop you.
2: So you got in there and then you get the license? No. Or you got the permit? No,
3: no. I got in there, told them, I talked about the seniors. I talked about I was a Catholic school principal. I won their hearts. They saw I was reputable. They saw I was articulate. They saw I was well-educated. And they saw I cared. So I got in, you know, I got in mean they heard me. Right. So then went, you hit him with it. A... Then I hit him with the cannabis. And so it was hard to deny me then because I'd already set the stage of who I was and that I, I, I really wasn't a threat. Right. And, and that I genuinely cared. And um, anyway, I I did that. And so we had still went through all the formalities, all that it took a year almost to go through all of that. But the bottom line is that We won it. We won it because we had a special niche. It was geared to the needs of seniors.
2: And that's great because that's the number one audience that's going, that's the highest demographic that's going into most dispensaries across the world, the country. I mean, you know, those are the ones that are going in there realizing what you're saying going, you don't need to be on these pills that much. You don't need to be doing that like that. You can come in here and be educated and figure out what you can be taking. And it's not necessarily smoking flour. That's not the key to it. There's so many other ways of using these rubs, creams, tinctures. I want to get into your tinctures that you have, and I want to get into the story of how you actually created your dispensary that's in Berkeley because you're the first black woman to own a dispensary in the town over there, which is even more crazier and awesome, and salute to you. And I want to hear also when we come back, was there a moment... That you was it, and I maybe it was the moment of the lady saying, "I don't know where my cane is because I don't need it," or the wheelchair, or was it something that you read that you went, you know what? This is official, like a referee with a whistle. This is legit. It's Cannabis Talk One Hundred One, Mama Sue in the building. It will be right back after this break.
1: Make sure you like, follow, and subscribe to Cannabis Talk One Hundred One now. Bring a little
0: as the number one audio company iheartmedia
1: gives you access to all every audience live conversations trusted influencers and the insights and data you need to grow iheartmedia is your access company go to
0: iheartresults.com for more
3: now back to the number one cannabis show on the planet
1: you know what it to the number one cannabis show in the universe cannabis talk 101
2: y'all know what time it is right that's right dime time folks think higher with dime industries find them in California Arizona and Oklahoma check out the website dimeindustries.com or on Instagram dime.industries I want to thank everybody around here that makes this happen from Mondo to moon to Teddy the show dog Oscar Julio Daniel Connor Cam Beach Bar Salar Ali Sunday Goldie brother Pitt Mark Carnes, Chris Franquino Jennifer Eric and Elvis thank you guys so much for doing what you're doing we have Mama Sue, Sue Taylor in the building with us. First black woman to own a dispensary in Berkeley. Hearing your story, I could just go on and on and listen to you. I love it, by the way. It's like listening to poetry. It's just so like I'm intrigued. And once again, it's like reminds me of one of my answers, something hearing the stories of life and then to think how you get into cannabis like that. So hearing that story, Mama Sue and I alluded to, what, what, where was that breaking point where you go, I believe, believe, believe now.
3: It was not over time. Because you were
2: scared. You said uh, you went to meetings scared. You did. Everything. Even that within that, you know, at the beginning, I, you, you I, were advocating, but you were I, nervous.
3: I didn't tell anybody I worked in cannabis. And got pissed when somebody said, oh, uh, this, is my, the one. this is She's the one. She works with cannabis.
2: Pipe down. No. <laughs> yeah.
3: Because I wanted, it was back I call then, that in the
2: green closet.
3: Yes. And, and it was so looked down upon. By most people, they I saw energy change when. That's right. When 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 it was. I set. mean, still
2: tell, but still to the day, but you know, it's loosening up still.
3: Yes, and one of the um, major stories, uh, my son, who also you know they co- we co-founded that me, my son, and my daughter-in-law, and so my son had a um, a friend that her mom was dying and she wouldn't eat, and they were losing her, and she went to my son Jamal and she said, "I'm losing my mom." I need something to make her eat. And Jamal got her some cookies for her to eat. That girl came back a week later. She said, you saved my mom's life. She's eating. The doctor said, we don't know what you did, but she's going to live. I heard stories after stories after stories. When I would go to places to speak, I remember I went to, uh, they invited me to come to Humboldt County. And these people were raising their hands. They were farmers. I mean, they were regular cannabis farmers. Lady raised her hand, she says, my, we went to the doctor today. You know, my husband a few years ago was diagnosed with stage four liver cancer. Today he's cancer free because we made cannabis juices, cannabis products and healed him. And the man stood up. And it was true, because you can't make that up. And I saw stories and stories and stories, but they had to keep it on the under.
2: Right. That's you know, the that's, worst the, part about that's it. the
3: saddest yeah. part about it. And then, you know, I said, you know, if anybody can make a difference with this plant, it would be me because I'm not a threat. I genuinely care. The only thing I need to know is just learn. This is what I, I told my business partner. I said, look, I can get most anything done. I just need the objective and the audience I'm just going to speak to and I'll get it done. And I will. And I have, and I'm still soaring. And, um, it's, it's, it's who I am. Uh, because, because of my practice that I do every day, I do a spiritual practice every day, seven days a week. I meditate. I, I get in touch with my higher self every day. And that's how I operate, through that. And people, when I say people, I say you have to spend time with your higher self every morning if you want to be the best you can be, if you could be the person you were created to be, if you want to be all that you could be. You got to tap into that higher source. I call it source energy. I call it the universe. You tap into that. And I do that daily. And I get guidance from that, how I maneuvered through that whole cannabis thing. I prepared the way. For me, for myself, for when I would meet with these people so they could receive me well. And that journey, and I, I say that it's because what is true for me is true for you and for all our listeners. You want any kind of success in the world, you have to tap into well being. You want well being, you want to be healthy, vibrant, doing the work that you came here to do. And Joe, you obviously doing it because. When you pa- I'm passionate about this now, you see. And I never thought I I would I would come to this point, but the reason I'm happy, the reason I have a wonderful life, is because I love the work I'm doing in cannabis. I'm loving the people that I'm serving, and it's not just seniors now. I have a large, youthful following, like Olga and, I mean, just tons of them, because. I talked to them about the higher self and who they came here to be. I was listening to one of your podcasts and they had this guy named Angel on it. It was in June. It was around father's day. And he told some stories in about the cannabis, about the young people. He said, well, I was a dropout from college. And he said, because I was smarter than the teachers. And that's really what's happening to tell you the truth. The, the younger people that's coming on board now, they tap into their spirit out, their spirituality, they tap into their creativity and they soar, they're not bored on no job and get a, a, a job that they, they hate and not doing what they, okay, I have to say this because it's coming, it's coming to me. Everybody here, Joe, including you, that's in the cannabis industry, before you were born, when you were still in the ethers, you said, I wanna be born at this time to bring these skills to the world because I can make a difference. Many are called few do the work I love that that's deep that's real y- you see mm-hmm. we and everybody that's providing a genuine service in the cannabis industry is doing our creators work whatever that is you know what whatever whatever some make bottles some make products whatever some speak host and and come every come here all the cannabis information
2: yeah come here see? to learn about the people in the industry because I, I don't smoke weed you know what i mean i use oils tinctures bottles rubs creams but i'm not sitting there smoking a joint or hitting a bong i don't use it that way i use it for medical reasons myself or my elements but i i really feel like i, I use this platform and, and my knowledge of how to do a show and how to present things to uh the audience so that we could find out who's who in this industry and who's real and what they're about. And like hearing your story, Mama Sue, people could feel you know what you're about, see what you're about. And now I want to get into your product that you have because yeah. you say you you're here to do something. How, how did you come up with this product? And, and what are we looking at here? I know there's just two skews, right?
3: Is it just two two tinctures and. Seniors, because that was my focus, right? Actually, that's my my love working with seniors. They only come to cannabis for two reasons. Most of them don't want to get high. They want to get well. And we they de- want to take developed- away that pain. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We, we developed two tinctures: One for sleep. Because they can't sleep. Are they in pain and anxiety? The Mama Sue. Sleep. Helps you sleep through the night. It has CBN. Full spectrum. It's tensions under the tongue. The onset is from 15 to 20 minutes. It's right away. Um, it helps. I wanted something geared for them, especially. But now, everybody's using it. The younger people say, no, I, I use it. I say, good. helps me sleep. It helps you sleep and if you have anxiety or, or pain. And so, when I partnered with uh, Glasshouse Brands, they said, okay, we can help make you, help you produce. Manufacturing a whole Yes, of all of it. All of it.
2: I love them over there. Kyle, my guy. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah. And so uh, they were an in, integral part in making this happen. And there's another thing. You know what else it did for me? Black people, many of us don't have legacies because we grew up poor. Everything was taken from us, you know, for all the obvious reasons. And so it's rarely. So uh, teaming up with Glasshouse Group allowed me to have a legacy for my family. You know, it's, uh, you know, and especially with black people being incarcerated, people of color being incarcerated when they come into the dispensary in Berkeley pharmacy, Berkeley, you know, they see a picture of me. They say, well, all my work wasn't in vain. You know, we give them pride when they walk in. And before the pandemic, uh, I had classes. I had a special room where I educated everybody about cannabis, about what it does, does not do, if it can benefit you, if it's for you at all. Right. And then I also tell them, I said, look, you can't just do cannabis and expect your whole life to change. I said you have to incorporate some other things too. You have to, It's body, mind, and spirit, all of it's related. And the cannabis helps with the spiritual part. It, it helps you think more creatively. It, it just helps. It heals your body. If you're in pain, It helped you. Inflammation
2: internally. I mean, just so many things. Yeah. And so. Lubricates.
3: Yes. And so I saw it as a way to um, alleviate some of the pharmaceutical drugs and use the cannabis instead. And more and more, this is an (coughs) excuse me, and more and more people, while using the cannabis, and I tell them, do not get off your pharmaceutical drugs. If you start using cannabis and find success, that's your doctor's job. Do not get off any of your medications unless your doctor says to do so after he reads your numbers while you're using the cannabis. I said, is that clear? So they get they got they got that very well. And that's a very important point. And so after that, with the cannabis, I don't forgot my train of thought, but it's been having the products has have, have given and having the dispensary give people of color a sense of pride to say, "Well, maybe all of our hard work is not in vain." Here's some people who were able to do it, and we weren't equity uh, applicants. Right, just I, used, I used my family's money. Nice. That's 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 what we did. We used cannabis. Um, we used my our family's money to pay for for everything and and do what we needed to do. And, and it's doing
2: good out there. How many years now it's been open? Uh, About four, four years. Yeah, I think in pharmacy, Berkeley, you guys, it's spelled a little different. It's not normal. Yeah, it's with an F. And uh, I kind of liked that. I was like, okay, well, farmers, okay. I get it
3: from farm to farm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly.
2: So they're growing it. And is your son still growing.
3: Oh no, because no, no, no. He only did that for a little while when we were experimenting, you see, it was all, all of it was firsthand. I mean, 17 years ago, he had to figure it out and he did. And then he just told me and Kiki what to do and we would go. I said, I said, what do I need to do? And I go and get it done. What do I need to do? I just did what they told me to do because I didn't know what I was doing.
2: Are you like the big star over there at the pharmacy spot in Berkeley?
3: I Mama Sue here today, Mama Sue here. It's, it's everywhere I go.
2: I can see that. It's, it's you every, have that great it, spirit.
3: Like it, um, Yeah, they get excited when I come and I'm excited to go uh, to see people who are following their dream and helping people. You see, it's very important, especially yeah. today. People are miserable.
2: Oh, yeah. And not only that, you need something like this because it's nothing better, in my opinion, than seeing an older black woman who's do this, because, you know, like we've heard at the beginning of the show, all the shit you've been through. And it's like you said with that one gentleman said, oh, mama, see you going for that applicant OK, I'm pulling out like you damn right. That you deserve it, and, and you know, granted, you 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 were successful from the hard work you did as a teacher to a principal and all this stuff. But that's your hard doing. That's good, and and you know, praise God, you're able to get that far in life with, with the struggles that you had normally. Anyways, that's why your whole fam bam moved from the south down to California to try to create something that great. I mean, maybe it could have happened out there. I'm not saying it no. couldn't have, but you know, Joe, it's great. You
3: said the exact words my mother said. My mother said those exact words that you just did. I'm moving all of you because you can have a better life over there. I mean,
2: that's what I'm thinking. That's what I would think. Right. Oh, well, that's you got how it. I, I look you, at life that way when at- I I mean, I call ball, ball and a strike a strike. And if I see something like, well, that's just the way it was back then there. You got to get out of there, you know?
3: Yeah, right. And look, I want everybody to know that's That's listening, especially the young people. If you're working on a job that you're not happy with. Go inside. Connect with the same source that created you and you'll be led to what you're supposed to do if you've forgotten. And if you have a dream, if it don't scare you a little bit, it's the wrong dream. It has to scare you a little bit. That's no, that's how you know it's the right dream. Because one reason why seniors have dementia and all that kind of stuff, they're not challenging their brain. You got to do different things. Who would ever think, Catholic school principal, uh, now my son, somebody say, Aunt Sue selling weed. Ain't Sue selling weed. I said, no, no, no. Well,
2: kind of you are. I mean, mean, you are selling weed.
3: 17 years ago now, I I wasn't comfortable, but now-
2: and sue selling more than we she got concentrate she got CBD.
3: she got everything you need edibles gummies everything
2: come to the pharmacy boy in berkeley yes. or check her out on yes. ig sue taylor wellness also mama sue wellness on ig and check out the website mama sue wellness over there and i want to thank everybody at Glasshouse that partnered up with you because marcus is a good brother of mine as well over there i love marcus and kyle being the ceo a good dude mama is there anything that we forgot that you want to mention before we let you go?
3: Yes. We're doing, Marcus and I in Glasshouse Group are doing a campaign on plants over pills to help eliminate the stigma even more. Uh, to try, don't be afraid of cannabis because it can lead to better health. So the plants over pills movement is going to go everywhere to encourage people to make themselves the number one priority and be the person they came here to be.
2: Plants over pills, baby. And that goes with the, how you're eating, what you're grabbing from the store, what you're grabbing from those fast food spots. It's all hand in hand. Don't just think, oh, that means I gotta just smoke more weed. You also gotta eat better too.
3: All of that. All that Body good wellness. Mind is if, if you wanna be healthy.
2: Yeah, I agree eat. with you. Yeah. Well, you know her as the Mama Teresa of Cannabis. You also know her as good old Mama Sue. Sue Taylor. It's a pleasure to have you on the show.
3: Thank you so much for having me.
2: And I can't wait to see what's going on next. The seventy-six years young and you're still having fun. It's Cannabis Talk One O One. If no one else loves you, we do. Aw. I
3: love y'all too.
1: (laughs) Thank you for listening to Cannabis Talk One O One with Blue and Joe Grande. The world's number one source for everything cannabis. And make sure you like, follow, and subscribe to Cannabis Talk 101 now.
0: Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in LA. And I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets, and sometimes, their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novela, which is a fancy way of saying... A a podcast! podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at at First first listen. Listen.